0: If you need a lesson from last week, you forgot to bring. How many of y'all remember to bring your lesson back? Raise your hand. How many forgot to bring your lesson back? Oh shame, shame, shame! <laughs> All right. If you need a lesson, if you need a lesson from last week, raise your hand. They're going to make sure you get them. They're running around like wild child. Everybody, raise your hand. Raise your hand real high. I want to make sure. I think you got them up top. Okay. All right. What is this like? Two feuding parties here? y'all? All yeah. All right. Brother Nuss, nobody wants to sit with you, Brother Nuss. What's the what deal with that? All right. All right. How many of y'all are glad to be saved? Amen. All right. That sounded terrible. How many of y'all are glad to be saved? Amen. How many of you glad the devil can't do nothing about it? Amen. 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 All right. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we covered the first page in your notes last week, and that's as far as we got. So I need to, to kind of go over that a little bit briefly, just do that real fast so we can all get our memory banks back where we are with this, with this particular lesson, and then we'll jump on the second page and really uh, hunker down in it. So if you're ready for that, say amen. amen. We are in Philippians chapter number three, uh, Philippians chapter number three and verse number one. Philippians chapter 3 verse number 1 if you are here for the very first time on Wednesday night we are tickled to death you're here amen church amen. now what we do on Wednesday night is we take a book of the Bible and we just study it we just go through it chapter by chapter verse by verse and uh, and and just just take a, whatever time we need that's what we take uh, and, and if it takes a month to get the book if it takes two months to get the book we'll, we'll do that and learn and glean from it so we are glad that you're here, and uh, and we're going to study. We are now in Philippians chapter number 3. Have you found your spot? Finally, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. In other words, uh, when Paul was at Philippi, he's, he's uncovered what he's fixing to talk about. He's already covered this with them, he's already... Uh, warned them about these Judaizers and false teachers and, and so forth and so on. But he says, I'm going to put this in print because it's safe for you. You need to hear this. You need to see this. You need to have this. He said, it's not It's not a big deal. It's not grievous for me to do it. I want to do it. It's for your benefit. Then he says this, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit. And we rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any man, any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh. I'm more. In other words what he's saying there. He says and there, there may be people that may be confident in their abilities. Confident in their righteousness and their religion. Uh, but if there's anybody on the planet that should have been able to be confident in their flesh. It's me. And then he says and then he gives a reason why. He says, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ? Yea, doubtless, I and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Listen, he says, everything I had before that was important to me, I lost. But let me tell you about that. When it comes to Jesus Christ, my Lord, it's worth it. He says, For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Now, here's a key verse. Here's a key verse. And I I didn't really see this uh, the last time we were here, but the more this verse stood out, uh, we're going to really dig into this verse tonight. And be found in him, not having my... My own righteousness. And my own right. In other words, that's what I had before I met him. Which is of the what? The law. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of who? God. Now you're either going to have one or two forms of righteousness. Yours or God's. And this is what he's talking about here. And this is what we're going to deal with. He says... Now, I gave up all those things that I might have God's righteousness, that, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Lord, please help us tonight. I I need you. I I need your your spirit to guide and direct and to, to fill us tonight. Uh, Lord, I, I I know I don't deserve it, and I I haven't done anything to earn your favor. And God, I pray that your perfect will be done. I, I, I depend solely upon you and your spirit in this place. God, everybody's here today. They, they've they come out, they've worked hard today, and they're, they're wore out, and they're tired, but they, they come expecting a blessing, and I, play, I, I pray that they'll leave with one. I pray they'll be glad they came, and I pray that we'll all leave edified and build up and strengthened and In in the scriptures, in the knowledge of you, and Lord, your spirit, I pray that it will touch us all. And God will thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let's go back to verses 1 through 3 a minute. And and that's basically what we covered last week, verses 1 through Uh, 3. Paul is given a warning. Paul has given a warning to the church at Philippi because there's a group of people that's following him everywhere he goes, and it seems like they're 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 very prevalent in the in the church. Uh, there's a group of people that claim to be believers, they claim to be Christians, uh, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but they're adding stuff to salvation. In other words, and and they're called Judaizers. They were they were called in other words, they were trying to mix Judaism with Christianity. In other words, you believe in Christ, but then you've got to follow the, the works of the law. You've got to follow the, the, the deeds of the law, uh, circumcision, uh, the, following all of the, the, the things of Moses. And so you've got to follow the law and believe in Christ. Now, we know that that is not true Christianity. But they were coming behind Paul teaching people this and causing people uh, to leave and go into bondage. In spiritual bond is and legalism, that type we we covered all of that. So he's he's wanting to warn them, he's wanting to tell them, Be careful of false teachers. The first the first point was caution. Caution over false teachers. But then the second thing we talked about, he 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 begins to contrast and shows the difference between a false Christian and a real Christian, or false religion and real religion, authentic religion. There's always, how many of y'all know that there's religious people everywhere? There's religious people everywhere. But all religions are not the same. All religions are not the same. All beliefs are not the same. All faiths are not the same. And, And there'll be people today that'll try to tell you that there are many roads to God. But that's not true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Peter preached in the book of Acts. He said, he said, if you're wondering about this man that's healed in chapter number 3, he said, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, but by the name of Jesus Christ. And last week we learned that there's two religions. There's always been two religions. There's always been two forms of religion. And they started in the Garden of Eden. It's a religion of grace and a religion of works. A religion of grace, which is by faith, and a religion of works. It's either he's done it, or you gotta do it. Does everybody understand that? Either Jesus did it all on the cross, or there's something you have to do to earn your salvation. And this is what this group of people was telling them. They were mixing grace with works. They were saying, Yes, you have to believe in Jesus. Matter of fact, matter of fact, let's just turn there. Turn with me to Acts chapter number fifteen. Turn me to Acts chapter number 15. We'll we'll do a little uh, uh, background on this and and, and look at these these people. Acts chapter number 15. Let's turn there real quick. All right. Acts 15 in verse number 1. Paul is preaching about grace. Paul is preaching about believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, salvation by faith through grace. Are y'all with me? Or by grace through faith. Now, watch what it says in Acts 15. Are you there? It says in Acts 15, verse 1, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be what? Saved. Well, Paul and Barnabas in verse 2, they get in an argument with them. And they get in a fuss with them. And so... It becomes such an issue that they all go back to Jerusalem in Acts chapter number 15. And we know, we know that, that in Acts 15, that, that after the, the Jerusalem council, after they had the big conference over it, they said, listen, it's not by any works of Moses. It's not by any deeds of the law. None of that is. It's only by grace. All they have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all is required for salvation. If that makes sense, say amen. Okay, so here we have here we have works, religion, and faith religion. Works in verse two and faith in verse three. Now watch how he describes watch how he describes authentic. Watch how he describes authentic religion, authentic Christianity, a faith based Christianity. He says, For we are the circumcision or the Jewish people which worship God in the Okay, that's all three of you. All right? We worship God in the spirit. That's a key. That's a key. What is the opposite of being in the spirit? You're either in the spirit or you're in the flesh. You're in the flesh. All right? In the spirit, by grace. In the flesh, works. You always connect works with the flesh and grace with the spirit. This goes all the way back to Isaac and Ishmael. All right? It's a type, Isaac is a type of grace. In the spirit, Ishmael's a type of the flesh and works. And, and, and I, I probably shouldn't even said that because I'm going to have you more confused than any, But that's a great study. If you, anyone, any of y'all want to dig into that, that's an unbelievable study. And, and anyway, anyway, that's a type. That's a type that you see. Anytime you see. Anytime you see works, it's of the flesh. Anytime you see grace, it's of the spirit. In other words, this is a spiritual thing that we're dealing with. In chapter number 2, or excuse me, verse number 2, Paul said, these Jews that are coming, they are all dealing with the works of the flesh. All right? Things that you have to do. All right? Now, he says, we are, we are the Jews that believe in a spiritual a spiritual work that God does. Now, I want to read, I want to read, why just hang, in, hang there in verse number 3. I want to read just a little, little information about the covenant of circumcision so you understand what, what's going on circumcision was a great mark of the covenant that was given to abraham it had its beginnings and with abraham and the father of the jewish nation and to the jews the gentiles were uncircumcised dogs do you remember do you remember when jesus was talking uh with the gentile woman and he said it's not good for me to cast the children's bread to the dogs And we all look at that like he is doing this slang term to her. And he was talking about Gentiles there. All right? Now, the tragedy is that the Jews depended on this physical mark instead of the spiritual reality it represented. And you say, what is the reality? It's a covenant with God. It's a heart issue. It is giving God our heart, cutting away everything and giving God our all, our heart. But they were more confident... I want to use that word. They were more confident in the outward, the outward expression, the outward work, the physical act of it, instead of what it represented spiritually. All right, now let me, let me continue. A true Jew is one who has had an inward spiritual experience in the heart, not merely an outward physical operation. The Jews praised each other for their obedience to the law. And the people of Israel eventually made this ritual a means of salvation, or they tried, the Judaizers tried. To them, circumcision was a guarantee that you were accepted by God. Some people do the same thing today. Not necessarily the, the, the physical act of circumcision, but people use baptism, communion, church membership. You ask them, are you saved? Yeah, I joined the church. And are, you, are you saved? Well, I, I was baptized in... What are they saying? They're trusting in their what's the word? confidence is in an outer work. It is a it's something that you do with the flesh. They are totally going around the spiritual aspect and they're trusting their confidence is in something they did. And this is what Paul's dealing with. Now, watch this. <clears throat> watch this. They did not realize that the circumcision stood for something much deeper. The person's relationship to God. God wants us, our heart. He wants us totally devoted to Him in love and obedience. Now, the legalistic element in the early church tried to make this ritual and obedience to the law a requirement for salvation for the Gentiles. Now, now what does this all mean for us today? We have, we have experienced a spiritual circumcision. Now, this is, this is found in, in Colossians 2, 9 through 12, that makes us a part of the true circumcision that we find in verse 3. It says, watch, look what Paul says in verse 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the... So he's talking about a spiritual one. Now, let me read this. If you want to take notes or write this, write this down, and you can look it up later. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Romans two twenty eight and 29 write this down Romans 2 28 and 29 watch what watch what Paul says about this because he's dealing with the same group of people the Jewish people whose confidence was in them being Jewish their confidence was in them being the children of God or God's people you remember you remember when he said i have a i have a, a desire for israel is it that might be saved He said, I I know that they have a zeal of God. In other words, they're very religious. And he said, they're going about to, to establish their own righteousness, but not the righteousness of God. In other words, they are following the law, or they're following the rules of their religion, and their confidence is in their ability to follow that law, not faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is who he's addressing. Now watch what they say. They say, we're good because we're Jews. We're God's people. We're of the circumcision. And when they say that, they're talking about the outer, the outward expression, the physical surgery that they had. Now watch. Watch. Romans 2.28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. In the what? Flesh. But he is a Jew. And, then, and this is talking about spiritually speaking of, of, of Abraham, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. And they say, "What? you are you're, you're confusing me. Here's, here's what I want you to get. The people were trusting in an outward act, an outward ritual, something that was done in the flesh, But what he is saying there, this is a spiritual deal. You are not saved by something you can do on the outside. You're saved by what the Spirit has done on the inside. And you can do all of these works. You can join the church. You can be baptized. You can give your tithes. You can go to Sunday school. You can do good works. You can serve and you can give a community service. You can go on the mission field. But if God doesn't change your heart, you're not saved. All of those things are works of the flesh. Now, why is this important? Why is this important? Because in Romans 3, write this this down. Romans 3, verse 20. Romans 3, verse 20. Romans 3, verse 20. You can turn there if you want to. You don't have to, but I'll I'll read it. Romans 3, verse 20. Therefore... By the deeds of the law, by the deeds of the law. In other words, following them rules. Following the Mosaic law, the the rules. What do you do that with, by the way? Everybody? Flesh. Flesh. Okay, now watch. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be in his sight. In his sight. In other words, you can't get saved by doing stuff. You can't be saved by following the law. Now, you say, why? Because the law was never given to save anybody. God didn't give the law to save people. You with me? What does it say? What is the law for? Here's the purpose of the law. For by the law is the... Of what? Sin. Sin. That's all. The whole purpose of the law was so that you could know what sin was and that you could realize you're a sinner you say how do I know I'm a sinner because you don't have the ability to keep the law the law never saved anybody period so how do you how do you illustrate that here's a perfect way how many y'all when you pull on the highway when you saw that that sign 55 what what did you go You see, we have sinners, and then we have sinners. Most people, if it's 55, we go. But, but if it says 65, we go. If, and it's the law. The law can't make you, and the law can't help you. The law just tells you. You see what I'm saying? God never sent the law to save anybody. God sent the law so you would see you needed some saving. Does that make sense? Now watch, now watch. But now the righteousness of who? Okay, but now the righteousness of God. I forgot, y'all don't have that up there, do you? I'm, I'm thinking, I'm sorry. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Watch this, watch this, this is so good. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. What is he saying? There is there is one righteousness that works. There is one righteousness that's real. There is one righteousness that gets the job done. There is only one righteousness that's saved and that's the righteousness of God. How do we get the righteousness of God? By faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. And that's it. Not the law. Not being good. You say, why, why are you so, you know, we get it, we get it, we get it. I don't, I don't think that everybody does yet. But we have to. Because this will help form your understanding of why we believe in eternal security. In eternal salvation. Because you've got to understand, you can't be good enough to earn it. In other words, doing good stuff doesn't get it to you. So, not doing good stuff doesn't take it away from you. Now I'm am I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on but I'm gonna answer some questions. <clears throat> several several people hit me up after last week and had questions about some of the things I said about eternal security and about uh about you know what it, what that means when, when, when you say, you know, that, that if somebody goes, does something bad after they're saved, then they're still saved. Because of false teaching, we, we don't understand that. We don't we don't truly understand what that means so let me clarify this so everybody i know if one person said it ten are thinking it so let me take a moment and explain eternal security just a second and and what we truly believe about a christian doing something ignorant now how many y'all believe a christian can do something ignorant good good i'm glad you feel that way because it's very possible ask feeder Say, so how ignorant did he get? He got so ignorant, he denied the Lord three times. But he was a believer. Why, how do you know that? Because Jesus asked him, point blank, who do men say that I am? Peter said, we believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood hath not revealed the Son to thee, but my, my Father which is in heaven. And then he tells him what his future is going to be and his destiny. He says, unto thee. I give the keys to the kingdom. And we know Peter unlocked the door of salvation to the Jews in Acts 2 and to the Samaritans in Acts 8 and to the Gentiles in Acts 10. Point being, what, what are we, we talking? What do you truly believe, Preacher, what do you truly believe about, about people messing up after they're saved? Number one, I want you to understand this. Everybody that claims to be saved is not. Just because a person claims to be saved. That doesn't make them saved. I've, I've, I've had all kinds of people say, you know, raising Cain and doing all kinds of wickedness and all kinds of stuff, and you ask them, are you say, Yeah, man, I'm saved. Just because a person claims to be saved does not mean they're saved. Does everybody understand that? Okay, so, so take that off the table. You say, well, they said they're saved and they lost it. No, they was never saved to begin with. Because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature; old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become. That means if somebody got saved, they're not going to be perfect overnight, but they're going to be different. And if they're not different, they didn't get it. Period. And I'm just quoting the Bible. Okay. So everybody that says they're, they're saved and, and it is not saved—that doesn't listen. So we know we know a, a tree by the fruit it bears. Now, let's talk about a person that is truly saved. They're truly saved. They truly put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They repent of their sins. And they they, they follow the Lord. And and they're saved. Okay? They get ignorant and and, and do something stupid. Go out and and, and live in sin and do stuff. Preacher, you just believe they can do that and be saved? Yes. Absolutely. They can. They can go out and do something stupid. Now... Here is where where most people who believe you can lose your salvation, they they, they miss this part. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it says this, and in Hebrews, I believe it's chapter number 12, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. See, y'all know it. What does that mean? It means if you are saved, truly saved, and you break God's law, you break the Word of God, you get disobedient, do something you know you're not supposed to, you got a whooping coming. The word chastening means correction. There's three forms, I believe, three forms of correction we find in Hebrews. Rebuke, chastening, and scourging. Each one of them is progressively stronger, worse. In other words, if, if the rebuke don't work, which is, is usually will work because God will get our attention, if that don't work, then it'll be a chastening. In other words, a worse form of discipline. Now, how many of y'all would just just say God's had to get your attention before in your life? Okay, okay, so we know. If if the chastening doesn't work, then he'll go to scourging. Now, the word scourging is the word that was used when they, when they whipped Christ and, and ripped his back open. So we know that's a severe form of discipline but God said he does it to those he he loves now here's the deal here's what we got to get the Bible says if you are without chastening in other words in other words you profess to be saved you you you've even come to church you've even got baptized and and, and, and you you put your name on the roll, and you've come to church, but you're out running around like a yard dog and and, 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 and hoarding around with everybody or raising Cain and doing ignorant stuff that you know is unbiblical, and you can do that and God not chasing you, then this is what the Bible says. If you are without chastening, you are a bastard. Now, what does that mean? It means illegitimate. That's what the word means. It's not a cuss word. It means illegitimate. It means you profess it, but you don't possess it. God is not going to correct those that don't belong to Him. Because you either belong to God or the devil. You're following one of the two. And He says... Now, if you belong to me, you got some chastening coming. But if you're without that chastening, you don't belong to me. And you know what that says? That, That means this. It doesn't mean you lost it. It means you never had it. It means you're illegitimate. It means there's a false, say it with me, a false profession. That's what we believe. Now, I, I believe according to 1 Corinthians that if, if the rebuke don't work and the, and the chastening don't work and the scourging don't work, then I believe that God will take one of his children out of this world early. There was a man having a, an affair with a stepmother in the Corinthian church. Paul's writing a letter to him to correct that, say, you need to you need to address this situation, you need to correct this, you need to get his attention. And if he doesn't repent, if he doesn't make that right, it says, turn his flesh over to the devil for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved. Y'all with me? That's what it means. So, preacher, what do you, what do you believe? I believe this. Don't, don't use that terminology. Don't use the terminology. That, well, I, I just you Baptists believe you can, just, you can just be saved and do anything you want. No, we don't. We do believe that you can be saved and you can do something ignorant, but God's going to come after you. And God's going to correct you. But God's not going to take away your salvation. Because you belong to Him. You are eternally saved. For for, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, is everybody on the same page right there? If you cannot get saved by the deeds of the law, you cannot get unsaved by not following the law. You see where this connects now? You say, well, I don't don't believe in what them Judaizers are saying. Well, if you believe that you can get saved by grace, and then if you don't follow the law, then you lose it, you're you're believing in work salvation. Think about that. Now watch. Let me see they took my chairs. why did they take my chairs? I need a chair. Can I have a chair? Let me borrow that chair real quick. <clears throat> well that one's there, isn't it? Hey, there you go. There you go. Get that one there too, will you? Get that one there too. All right. <coughs> Set that right here. All right, now watch this. I got it, go ahead. Here's faith. Here's salvation by faith. This is is the finished work of Christ on the cross. The finished work of Christ on the cross. All right, my faith is in what Jesus did on the cross. Are y'all with me? Now, so my confidence is in what Jesus did on the cross. Are we on the same page? Now, here's what the Judaizers are saying. Alright, you have to believe in Jesus and follow the law. And and do, do everything. And, and so their confidence, their confidence was not in what Jesus did on the cross, but it was in their ability to follow the which is by the flesh. It's by the flesh. Now, if you believe, now watch. If you believe you can lose your salvation, you say, I'm putting my faith in Christ, that's how I get saved. But you got to keep the law. Because if you don't keep the law and do right, then you lose it. What's your confidence in? Your ability to follow the law. And how do you follow the law? By the Spirit or the Now watch what Paul says about the flesh. Look in verse number 3. Look in verse number 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have. Okay, let's try it again. <laughs> Come on, everybody. And have. No confidence in the flesh. You know why Paul said have no confidence in the flesh? Because it's not worth having confidence in. God knew we couldn't do this. So God said, take that out. It's going to be what Jesus did and Jesus only. Amen. Have no confidence in the flesh. Listen, let me, let me, let's, let's get in. I, I, I took too long right there, but here, here's, here's what I want to get. Turn to Romans chapter number 10. Turn to Romans chapter number 10. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip over to, let's see. I believe Ephesians is where I want to go. While you turn into to Romans chapter number 10, check my time. Uh, watch what this says. Watch what this says. Do you remember, you remember what it says in verse 3? Let me read verse 3 again. We are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit, not the flesh, but the spirit. Now, watch. Here's a key statement. And we rejoice in Christ Jesus. Or we 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 rejoice, or we brag in Christ. Not something we've done. Now watch, watch, watch Ephesians chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter two verse eight. For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of, no, that not of yourselves. Say it with me, not of your. It is the gift of God, not of now, works. Lest any man should what. Boast. Now, what Paul is saying in verse 3 we cannot boast in ourselves. We cannot boast in ourselves. Why? Because we didn't do anything to get saved. We didn't do anything to save us. Because there was nothing we could do to save us. There's no deed of the law that we can do to possibly accomplish salvation. It's not of us. It's not what we could do. So we cannot brag in ourselves. It's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. So we're not going to brag in ourselves. We're going to rejoice in Christ. Y'all with me? You see how they tie together? He said it's absolutely, absolutely nothing you can do in yourself to save you. It's all Jesus. All Jesus. You know what? That is so liberating when you understand that. That is so freeing when you realize that, listen, it's all of God. That'll make you appreciate Him that much more. Now, now, we have a problem. We have a problem. Look who Paul is dealing with in Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter number 10. Look, look, at, look at his appeal in verse 1. Are you there? Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is they might be saved. I want them to be saved. I want the, the Jewish people, my brethren, I want them to be saved. And this is what I know about them. This is what I know about them. I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. In other words, they're very religious. They are a religious group of people. They know the rules and they follow the rules, right? They're very zealous. They're very, they're very religious. But not according to knowledge. They don't understand. What don't they understand? What real righteousness is. What true salvation is. Watch what he says. For they being ignorant, this is what they don't know, they being ignorant of God's righteousness. And so what do they do? They go about to establish their, their own righteousness. Because they have not submitted themselves unto the, the righteousness of God. Now, what is that? Verse 4. Christ. Say it with me. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Here's the deal. God made one way to get in. God made one way and that is Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. There's only one righteousness that God will approve of and accept and allow and that's God's righteousness through Jesus Christ. What Jesus did on the cross. Not man's ability to do good, be good, uh, dress good, uh, uh, talk good, give out, sacrifice. No matter what, none of this stuff. Our righteousness, our good deeds are as filthy rags. So our righteousness won't cut it. But here's what the Jewish people were doing. They were trying to get in by being good. They were trying to get in their own way by establishing their own righteousness, which was by the law. And remember what we said about the law? It's accomplishment by the flesh. But there's only one that God will accept. It's, it's the righteousness of grace that is through the Spirit. Now, with that in mind, with that in mind, watch what he says in verse 3. Watch what he says in verse 3. Have No confidence in the flesh. Don't put any faith, don't put any confidence in what you're doing to get saved. Following the law. Following the rituals. Because what were they saying? They were telling people, you have to believe in Christ and do stuff. Does this make sense? Now watch, now watch. Watch what Paul says in verse 4. He says, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, if there was someone who could have confidence in their flesh, in their good deeds, he says, it's me. And if anybody thinks they could have confidence in theirs, I'm more. And then he, then he goes to lay it out. Then he goes to lay out his biography. Look what he says. Look what he says in verse 4. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any, man, any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I am more. Now he said, let me tell you about myself. I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin was one of uh, Jacob's favorite sons. Benjamin was where the, the first king of Israel came out of. It was uh, one of the only ones that stuck with David. In the insurrection, I mean, he was he was blue blooded. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Not only that, not only that, but he says, "I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews. My pedigree is like none other." And as touching the law, in other words, with my with my birthright, I'm as good as it gets. Then with my religion, I'm a Pharisee. A Pharisee was the highest order you could go in a, in in the Jewish culture. In other words, if there was anybody that was righteous or right with God or on their way to heaven, it was a Pharisee. So what he's saying, when it comes to my nationality, I'm as good as they get. When it comes to my religion, I'm as good as they get. Watch what he says. He says in verse 6, concerning zeal, concerning my, my, my fervor for my religion, he said, man, I persecuted the church. I did everything I could to stop the church. I hated the church. Watch what he says. He says, Touching the righteousness which is in the law. Now here's the key part. He said, When it comes to following the law, I was, what's it say? Blameless. Blameless. Nobody could hold anything against me. I would, let me just put it in plain terms. Humanly speaking, religiously speaking, according to the Jewish religion, I was good as they get. I was as good as they get. Now watch. But I learned something. Because you see, I was on my way to Damascus one day. I had letters in my hands by the high priest. I went to the high priest and I said, give me letters so I can arrest anybody of that way. Talking about Christianity. People that followed this deceiver, this this imposter, this Jesus person. This person who speaks against our religion and our laws. I want to arrest them. He said, man or woman does not matter. Give me letters, I'm going to arrest them, I'm going to incarcerate them. He persecuted them. If you read the scriptures, you'll find out that this treatment of the church was as an animal would mangle its prey. He breathed out threatenings and slaughter against the church. He said, but I was headed to Damascus one day. <laughs> I read it this afternoon, I'm telling you. He said, a light from heaven shined upon me. He said, he said, I said, who art thou, Lord? He said, it's Jesus. Whom thou persecutest, changed his life forever. Blinded him for three days. He said, "What do I do?" I'm not going to tell you the whole story. Go and read; it's awesome. But the moment he met Christ, he felt trembling. Now watch what he says. Now this is what you got to get. He says, before I met Jesus on the Damascus Road, I was good as a git. I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was was the best of the best. I was very prideful in who I was, and I had something to be proud about because I was somebody. He was under the best teachers of Israel, Gamaliel. He said, I was everything until I met Christ. And then all this stuff that I thought was so important. All this stuff that, that I was so proud of. All of this stuff that I had my confidence in. You say he lost it. Yes, he did. But watch what he says about it. It was nothing but dung compared to Christ. You, you, let, me, let me put it this way. You might compare yourself to me and look pretty good. You may speak good English. <clears throat> so I've been told I can't. <clears throat> you may be higher educated. Your portfolio may blow mine away because I don't even have one. <laughs> so anyone would be better, amen but you'd be comparing yourself against the wrong measuring stick. As a Hebrew, as a Pharisee, as a tribe of Benjamin, as touching the law, he said, I stack up pretty good. He said, but then I stacked up against Christ. Watch this, watch this. I realized I could have no confidence in my flesh. And my ability to be good. Because in all the best deeds of my life can never stack up to the glory of Jesus Christ. Turn your page. We've got to hurry. Y'all, y'all are running rabbits listening. I don't know what your problem is. Watch. There is a, there is, we, we said there's a caution, there's a contrast, but I want you see the conclusion there's a conclusion. First, there is an exhortation to receive. There's an exhortation to receive. What is that? Don't have any confidence in your ability in the flesh. You say, preacher, you're primarily talking about being saved. Yes, but I want to go beyond that. Don't trust in your... Flesh to serve God, either. Well, I know we got to have the Spirit of God to get up there and preach, that's for sure. But guess what? You need the Spirit of God to stand in the door and greet, you need the Spirit of God to stand up and sing. Don't do anything in the flesh. Don't do anything in your natural ability. Trust in Him. So preacher, I want to witness. But I'm just scared. You know why you're scared? Because you're trusting in your flesh. But if your confidence is in the Spirit. Anyway, 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 y'all get me? What I say, you feel me? All right. When it comes to serving God, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to accomplishing the call of God on your life, don't have any confidence in your flesh. I, I, I heard a story. This is really good. I can relate to it. I heard a story of this really brilliant young preacher. Brilliant. I mean, the guy is as sharp as a tack, just mind like a steel trap, just very intelligent, Very articulate. And 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 he he was he was very he, he was very confident in his skills, his ability to read, his ability to study, his ability to retain and comprehend what he was studying and putting together, and his ability to communicate. One day he was in a, he was in a big conference and, and he was so proud that he was going to be able to speak at his young age, and he went up, he went up the steps to the to the pulpit, and it was it was very obvious that God wasn't with him. And then he come down with his head down, just kind of bent out of shape, just just broken. And he sat beside an old man of God that really didn't have the education this young man had. He didn't have the mind that this young man had. He didn't really have the skills that this young man had, but he had the anointing. And the young man looked at the older preacher and he said, he said I, I, I just don't understand. He said, I studied and I studied and I, I had the outline and it, it was a good outline and it was this and it was that. I don't know what happened. And this is what the old man said. He said, son, if you would have went up like you came down, you would have came down like you went up. You know what he basically said? You went up by yourself. Because you were confident in yourself. You you got any Bible for this? How about Moses? Moses knew he had a destiny. Moses knew he had a call of God on his life. He tried to deliver his people his way. The Bible says Moses was a statesman. Moses was a a man mighty in word and deed. He grew up with the greatest education that Egypt had to offer. And he knew his destiny in his heart was to deliver God's people. He saw his people being abused, and he killed an Egyptian and got ran out of town. So in humility spent years and years and years out in the wilderness. And they say... They say when you, st- you spend an extended period of time without human interaction, you lose the ability to communicate. And, and do you remember what he said at the burning bush? When God said, I, I need you to go uh, set my people free. He said, I, I-, I have st- 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 I- I a stammering tongue. You see, before, he said, I can. And he couldn't. But now he's telling God, I can't. And God says, now you can. Because God had to strip him of his confidence in his flesh to see that if you're going to get something done for God, you're going to have to do it in the Spirit. The same thing happened to Peter. Your spirit's willing, but your flesh is. He's so arrogant, full of himself. Bless God, you know. Then God let him be sifted and broken. Went out and wept bitterly. See, that's what he needed. Because he had to, he, God had to remove his confidence in his flesh. Paul says it so well. Have no confidence in your flesh. Whether it be salvation or service in God's kingdom. Don't trust your flesh. So what changed Paul? It was his conversion. Amen. Write this down. Write this down. Look at A. We, we saw the example to review. We talked about that. He, he, he talked about his heritage. He talked about his background. He talked about his, his, his religious fervor. But then there's an explanation to remember. Here's what happened. <clears throat> A. There's an ex- exhortation to receive. Don't have no confidence in the flesh. And he says why. And B, there's an example. He shows everything he was. And if there was anybody that should have confidence, it was him. But, boy, it, it it was in vain. But then there's an explanation to remember. I want you to write this down. Number one, he was converted. Verse number seven. He said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. What changed Paul from being an arrogant, religious zealot? He met Christ. You'd be amazed at what happens when you run into the presence of Jesus. What happened with Isaiah? First few chapters of Isaiah, he's woeing everybody. Woe unto thee, woe unto y'all, woe unto everybody. You know, like some of them Christians do who think they're better than everybody? And who can see everybody else's sins but their own? And let me say this you can be right about your woeing. But that don't make it right that you're doing it. Woe unto thee. Woe unto God. Y- Look at it. Read the first few chapters of Isaiah. But then the Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And in his tone changed. He said, Woe is me. I tell you what, you run into Jesus, your woe and will change. Am I right? Paul ran headlong into Jesus, and he was converted. And because of his conversion, number two, he was convinced. He was convinced. What was he convinced of? That all that stuff he was so proud of, all that stuff he was so confident in, the confidence that he had in his heritage, the confidence that he had in his bloodline, the confidence that he had in his pedigree, the confidence that he had in his good deeds, in his zealous works, in his persecution of the church, was nothing. When he stacked up against Jesus, he was nothing. He says, I counted all but loss. And, 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 and when we look at him, oh my goodness, he lost everything. Everything that was important to him, everything that was 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 significant to him, everything that was worth something to him, he lost it. But watch what he says about all that stuff. For whom I've suffered the loss of all things and do count them. The word count there means to assess, to evaluate, to assess or evaluate. He says, matter of fact, when I looked at it, when I looked at my stuff, when I looked at my things, and then I looked at Jesus, compared to Jesus, my stuff was... Manure. Boy, there's a lot we can go right there, but we ain't got time. He was converted. Verse 8, he was convinced. Verse 8 through 10, he was compensated. Don't feel sorry for Paul. I want to tell you what he traded in two minutes. Paul said, I traded my religion. I traded, my, I traded my heritage, I traded my pedigree, I traded my fame. He was a famous dude, very popular, probably, most likely, very wealthy. And lost it all to be stigmatized and to be criticized and to be ridiculed and to be hunted down like a dog they was trying to kill him. He said, "Let me tell you what I got out of the deal. How many, how many of y'all? I, we, I, I like to coon hunt, and, and 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 some of the guys I hang out with, they they dog trade. So I'll trade you this one and this one, and 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 you know, well I'll trade you mine, but you got to give me a hundred dollars to boot. That means that means mine's worth a hundred dollars more than you, so you got to give me a hundred dollars my. Does anybody know that what I'm talking about?" And, and, and sometimes I'll see him trading, and, and I have hunted with that dog, and when I see the trade, I'm like, oh. And I feel sorry for the one that just got old blue. But see, I don't want you to feel this way for old Paul. I don't want you to look at all this stuff that he had that was so important to him, that was so significant to him, that was so... Are you all with me? You say, he lost everything, but don't feel sorry for him. Because he was compensated. say, so what did he get? Number one. Or A. And you're not, you, not going to get this, but you will in, in, maybe tonight. How was he compensated? He traded the works of the flesh... For the knowledge of Christ, watch what he says in verse eight. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. You say, what's the difference? This is real relationship. Uh, come up here, Grace, <clears throat> real quick. quick. you got ten seconds, man. Come on. <clears throat> all right, I was in, I was in, uh, I was in uh, uh, Brandon and Iron one day. And, and Griggs was in Brandon Iron. This several years ago. It's several years ago. I was with uh, Alan Macreath, and, and Alan MacReath knew him. How long have you known Alan? Since high, school. Since high school. So you know him a long time. Yeah. Uh, let me say, this. he's known you a long time. OK? We're sitting at a booth, and Griggs comes by, and him and Alan are talking, and, 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 and he leaves, and, and, and Alan began to tell me about him. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> now watch. Now watch. I knew about him then. I knew about him. I knew some stuff. <laughs> you with me? But then we was at a revival at Amos. And then, how you doing, Mr. Greaves? I met Mr. Griggs. Now, I know Him. Not of Him, but I know Him. Now, this is what Paul is saying. There was a day I knew of Christ. He said, because I persecuted the church. I knew all about Him. I knew what these people were saying. I thought He was an imposter. I knew. But on the road to Damascus, I met Him. And when I traded in my religion... I met the Redeemer, and all this stuff that was important to me is nothing compared to a real relationship and a personal knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now I don't know of Him; I know Him. This is what He's talking about. Does this makes sense. You see, re- salvation is not a list of rules. It's not a religion. It's not you got to follow this and follow. No, it's a personal relationship with a real living Savior. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, watch, hurry, hurry, hurry. Two, he traded in all that stuff for the knowledge of Christ, then B, for the righteousness of Christ. Now watch, now watch, this is what I said. I really was going to dig into this more, but I kind of, we we did more stuff, other stuff. Verse 9, verse 9, watch, hurry, 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 hurry. And be found in him. Not having my not having my in other words, my ability to follow the rules, the righteousness that I was creating, which doesn't work, which won't get me into heaven, the righteousness that's of the flesh, my own, he says, He says, when I met Christ, He says, I want to be found in him, not mine, not of the law, but that which is through. The faith of who? Now, what kind is it? It's the righteousness which is of who? God by which is not of the flesh. It's the only one that'll work. It's the only one that God accepts. You can do good deeds till the cows come home. You can do good deeds till you turn blue in the face. God will not accept our good deeds. God will not accept our good service. God will not accept our church membership. God will not accept baptism. God will not accept the the gifts that you give. But God will accept your faith in His Son and what He did on the cross. And if you believe in God, by His grace, you're saved. One more, one more, one more. Hurry, hurry, hurry. A, He's compensated by the, the knowledge of Christ. B, He's compensated by the... In other words, God puts Jesus' righteousness on our account. It, the word is imputed. In other words, my righteousness wouldn't cut it. I was in the, in the red. So God did the perfect righteousness and took the perfect righteousness of Jesus and put it on my account. In other words, just as if I'd have done it all. Aren't you glad? Lastly, this is the best one. He says, whoo, hallelujah, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the, and the, of his sufferings. Watch. As Paul walked with Christ, as he prayed and obeyed his will and sought to glorify his name. Watch, 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 watch. When he was living under the law, all Paul had was a set of rules. But now he had a friend, a master, a constant companion, the fellowship of his sufferings. In other words, in in my own flesh, I tried to do the best I could because that's all I could do. But the moment I got saved, I have a companion now. I have a friend now. I have one who will walk with me through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'll be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Somebody say amen. Amen. Don't worry about what I gave up, Paul says, because I am well compensated in my trade. Lord, thank you for this lesson in Jesus' name. Amen. Go get your children.